Welcome to Clue Done It, the podcast where we make wild guesses about fake TV crimes and discover real facts about the amazing people who brought the shows to life. I'm Jessica, IMDb Maven, and the person who reads everything in a theater program. And I'm Jacob, writer, producer, and seniorly detective, Logic Cop Investigations. Whoop, whoop. Each week, we watch a show and try to immediately guess who done it, without any clues, context, or apparently accuracy. Then we spoil everything. We not only tell you who did it, but also who made it. All right, let's find out. Who was right. Who was wrong. And who is dead. Here we are. Here we are. Here we are. And guess what? You don't know this. We didn't know this until about two minutes ago. But... Happy birthday, us! Happy birthday, us! We Yay. sat down. Happy we... birthday, Clue Done It! Happy birthday, Clue Done It! Happy birthday, Clue Done It! Happy birthday, Wild Ass Guesses! Happy birthday, The Grandest Game! These are all the possible names that we had for this podcast. Yeah, at one and that point. we've been using for the last year. Literally, the last year. We I, we realized I sat down today and I started looking through the hard drive as we were about to do another recording, and I realized that it was literally exactly one year ago today where we sat down and recorded the first like test episode of Clue Done It. So uh, here we are a year later and uh, 11 episodes that you've heard. So yay us! Yay! yay! We will have a ceremonial cake and uh, ice cream later on. Uh, if you know anything about us, you know that we will definitely be having ice cream. Yes, So, but before, be. But before we get to that, we have a savory mystery tonight. We have a savory mystery of Rosemary and Time. We do! Tell us about Rosemary and Time, Jessica. So a housewife and former policewoman, Laura Time loses her husband to a younger woman. Meanwhile, Rosemary Boxer, a university lecturer in horticulture, loses her job. A sudden death and a love for gardening bring the pair together in the pilot. They join forces to start their own business, but death and mystery seem to follow them wherever they go. The gardeners find themselves acting as amateur sleuths in a series of very cozy mysteries set amongst the stunning gardens of Europe. And they are stunning. They are lovely gardens. They are. They are re- what, what I really like about this show is that this is like... It sounds like it's it's a cozy drama. It's two female leads. They're gardeners. They're amateur sleuths. It sounds like it should be a really light show. It's not. It is much closer to Prime Suspect than it is to Monk. You think? It leans much closer to Greek tragedy, I think, oh. than just like OCD Gosh. peccadillos making fun of people like that. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's not Father Brown in terms of cozy mysteries. Like... Sure. There's not. It's not tortured. Like, Endeavor is tortured. Like yes, the like Morse, the, the the lead of Endeavor is very tortured and very twisted up inside himself. And why can't he ever find love? Uh, this they are not tortured. The leads aren't tortured, but they recognize like there is some there is some strong emotions in every single one of these episodes. I mean, maybe in the vein of Agatha Christie, where it's it isn't exactly light. There are people who are very grounded in their motivations of mm-hmm. anger and resentment, lust, lust, greed. Lots of greed yeah. so far we've seen. Yeah. So I can see what you're saying. Okay. Sure. Yeah. And in fact, get your bingo card out. Okay. Here we go. This is labeled a crime drama mystery. Crime no drama mystery. Comedy. No comedy at all. And I think I think that's fair. I think that's accurate. As I just said. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I guess I, I'm misled by the gardens because they're so pretty exactly. and yes. their relationship is just so fun and light and easy that that it just, it doesn't feel heavy and dark and angry and right. alone. I guess that's, maybe that's my measurement is because 
or my previous measurement until we've discussed this right now, we can all get psychological about this. But I like when I look at Endeavor, he's so alone and lonely. To yes. like me, that makes yes. me so it makes it so heavy. And the, I, but I think you're onto something there because the lady, like the ladies, they find each other both from a shocking betrayal. Yes. Like when they find each other, like the one who used to be a police detective, her husband has literally just left her for another lady. Yeah. Like like when you when we first see her, she has thrown a brick through a window at her husband. No, she leaves the house in an anger with fight with her husband and then throws a brick through the window as she leaves because her husband has just, she's just found out her husband is cheating on her. So she is in the middle of this incredible devastation. And they're all ladies of a certain age too. Like these are not, these are not young women. Like these are like, they they had assumed that their life was established and like their their life is suddenly jolted off onto a different rail. Yeah. So like if it was just one of them, like if it was about a woman whose husband just left her or the other one, like she's a university professor, professor and she thought that she was going to be head of a department or yeah, get tenure and, and be then her safe and but the dean like stabs her in the back in yeah. the middle of the first episode not literally this is a murder mystery after all but he does, she doesn't literally get stabbed in the back but she gets really betrayed too and all of a sudden her career is in shambles like yeah. they find each other and they're very like it really is like you said they're together they are two women who have found a support and a friendship with each other and that is what's keeping them going and then they do but you you are you're like oh it's friendship and beautiful gardens oh no there is some like there is definitely some angst and some drama happening underneath yeah, it all yeah yeah okay so fyi the pilot of this show premiered in the u.s august 30th 2003 and it is so 2003 <laughs> like, <laughs> what do you mean like uh the, okay, so we So there's did, lots of flip phones. I'm going to guess lots of flip phones. Yeah, there are flip phones. It's the hair, mainly. Okay. Because I was looking at Rosemary Boxer, and I was like, oh my god, I totally remember that hair. That's <laughs> like Hillary Clinton hair. And like, I think I dreamed of having that hair. Like, if I could have just gotten my hair to do that, you know, it's beautiful. <laughs> Life like, would have been blonde. so different. Yeah. And uh, some of the clothes, it's just all very 2003. Fabulously 2003. We are watching on BritBox. Okay. At this t- at the time of recording, you can watch it there. And today we are watching season two, or they would call it series two. Series two. Um, episode three, and the logline of the episode is "They understand me in Paris, and we are going to Paris." Oh. That's why I chose this episode. <laughs> so I'm super excited. So what's the yeah. logline? What is our logline? So the log line, oopsie. <laughs> <laughs> While she's looking that up, we should tell you that we got our first piece of uh, fan art this week as well. Yay! Our, uh, our good friend Michael sent along a little song that he made, which could be a theme song to a kind of like, what did he, what did he, what it did he say? It could be for us. It could be for us. It was inspired by us, but it, it, it was a theme song for a murder mystery. It was kind of like. So I said it was Miss Marple meets the librarians in Eureka. <laughs> That's the one I remember. That's the one I like. Miss Marple meets the librarians in Eureka. In any event, we'll play you a little bit of that while we, Jessica looks up what the log line is. <laughs> Is the log line. While on assignment to restore an old garden on the French Riviera, Rosemary and Laura find time to solve another murder. 
I love it. We will uh, we will not play it, but uh, in your brain as we go to watch the beginning, just imagine Neil Simon, not Neil Simon, wow. Oh, that's right, because their theme song is... Their theme song is Parsley, Sage, Rosemary, and Thyme, which yeah, but it is has a traditional... Yeah, name for it. Are it? you going to Scarborough, the Scarborough, Scarborough, Scarborough Fair, Fair song, or yeah. if you are Flight of the Concords, it's the grocery list song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it has this pretty vase, this sort of flat boat vase with this uh, really gorgeous flower arrangement with all kinds of wild flowers and of all sorts of colors. And they're going through a little bit of stage of age and they petals They blossom are... and then they shrivel and, and die. No, they don't totally die. Do they? I don't know that they I totally don't die. They don't, they don't get a rotten, it but it's definitely like, like, it definitely is a Adam's little bit of family. like, hey, here are some flowers, but oh no, there's corruption in time. So, <laughs> gather to you rosebuds while you may, listen to Scarborough Fair, and we'll be right back. We're back. We're back. And we're back. we are not in Paris we are on the French Riviera, which it's, is beautiful. It's so gorgeous. I'm. I, I don't know. If, I don't know if you know this. I don't know if this has been shared with people. But the French Riviera, if you haven't seen it, very gorgeous. I mean, is this known? Is this a thing? Like, do people know this, or can like, or is proper? It might be kind of like a guarded kind of like, secret. Keep, keep it on the down low, down people. Low, keep it yeah. on the down low. But the French Riviera, apparently, beautiful. So. I'm going to, I think while everyone's like occupied in Tuscany or the Tuscan Hills, I'm going to go see if I can't find a little fixer-upper in the French Riviera. Yeah. I think that should still be possible, right? Yeah. It's there's totally got, affordable. Got to be. Got to be I some mean, like prime there's coastline there's got to be property. like, just like there's the Norway for a dollar or whatever yeah. that hashtag yeah, yeah, yeah. is. There's probably like. There's got to be some, there's got to be some like old French manor house just on a, a seaside dollar. cliff somewhere that someone, is, they just need somebody to come in and fix it up. Yeah. I will happily do that. Happily yeah. do that. I bet we could yeah. still do that. In fact, I'm probably going to edit this out of the podcast to like not give any of you any heads up yeah. on it. No. So, so never mind everything I just said about the French Riviera. Don't worry about it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go forget there. Forget that you even forget, forget heard that this. We're, forget that we told you the French Riviera was beautiful because it's not. It's horrible. Stay away. Stay away. <laughs> It is though. It is gorgeous. The ladies, the ladies are trucking up the coast in their new in their new van. I'm not sure if it's like it's a new van for the is series. It new? No, well, I it's not. It's it's old, it's... but it's new to them because they make jokes about how it's not like the Land Rover. Oh. But I'm not sure if that's because the Land Rover is still in England and they'll get back to it, or like there was a plot point we missed in another episode where the Land Rover bit it or something. I don't know. Yeah. In any event, they do. Yeah. They stop and they're they're trying to sing around a Frere Jaca. And there's much hilarity about that. But like then then I don't know, I don't remember. Is is all of the background music for these episodes, is it always a flute? Or do they have different like musical instruments do the main lifting? Oh, in that's different a episodes? good observation. I'm not sure. Because the flute in this episode is off the hook. I have a feeling that a flute is just the music for this show because the flute is the music that does Scarborough Fair the the theme yes. song to it. So I have yeah. a feeling that flute Which, is by the way, yes. the flowers are not in a boat vase. Right. They are in a tall vase and the flowers bloom, but they do not die. They but do not die or wilt. Do there are lots fly of petals fluttering around in, everywhere. And they flutter around in the air. So no death. No Although death. then they go from they go from a lot of flowers 
to rose a, a bushel or what do you call it? Just, just like a, a spray, hand a tide spray, spray of spray, yeah, yes, of, of rosemary and thyme, and then so it sort of transitions to just all green rosemary and thyme and herbs, and then that's what the ti- that's the whole title sequence. Yeah. Little did you know that this was a backdoor pilot for our new podcast series that analyzes opening <laughs> credit sequence, sequences. Yes. <laughs> Anyways, yes, they're traveling. <laughs> they're traveling through the French Riviera to go see Rosemary's old friend. She She's known this friend since she, since she was eight, but she hasn't seen her in years. She married a millionaire on the French Riviera. She wants to redo her gardens and open them up to the public. They're going to see her. They're a day early, which is, that's how they get all some juicy gossip here. They're a mm-hmm. day early. And as they're driving up to the entrance to the grounds, two gentlemen are having a disagreement. There is one standing in the middle of the road. His name is James. He's standing in the middle of the road with a great big picket sign that says keep our gardens private or private gardens or something like that he's trying to keep the gardens private he doesn't want tourists coming to see them standing in front of him is an older swap it's a very dapper gentleman he's yeah. uh he's got this very like luxe convertible and he's got this like Blue. trim gray hair yes. and it's he's just he's clearly moneyed and he's like, you know who I am. I'm not a tourist. Let me in. And James is like, no, no tourists. Nobody gets in. This is a private road for members only. And of course, Rosemary just drives right around them and up into the up into the up into the grounds. And James is like, what is happening? No. So they Rosemary and Time get up to the grounds. It is gorgeous. It is clearly a little down on its heels a little bit, and that's why just, they're here. Yeah, but a it is bit still overgrown. Just, but it's one of those terraced homes oh, yeah. with the 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 v-shaped stairwell that goes around a presumably some sort of like waterfall yeah because there's a pool at the base of it all it's it is gorgeous i mean like i said the french riviera folks apparently it's just stunning so they get there they're a day early and as they're walking up to the house to meet their friend there nobody's answering the door but they hear some people arguing and they turn around and there is dorothy arguing with a younger gentleman, a much younger gentleman, talking about how this can't happen because he's away. We don't know who he is. We don't know who's away, but he's away. And that is when Rosemary... Now, see, this is the difference between Rosemary and me. See, I would be like, shh, let's see what we can find out here. And Rosemary is just like, excuse me, excuse me. And she totally interrupts the argument. We could have gotten some quality clues right there. Uh, but Rosemary had but to like Rosemary butt But Rosemary wasn't going to listen in on some private sure. conversation. Lori actually she... has propriety. Yes. She's a very proper, courteous guest. To her friend. To her friend, yes. Anyways, she does. She announces that they're there. They- she announces that they're there. Dorothy is very happy to see them. This is Nicholas. She's arguing with Nicholas. Nicholas is her nephew. Nicholas walks off in a huff, and then the phone starts ringing from inside, and Agathe, which is the French pronunciation, apparently, of Agatha, Agathe comes out. She's the maid. Dorothy goes inside to answer the phone while the maid serves them drink, and as they're standing there, the old, the gentleman with the white hair and the fancy car from the road walks up, and he introduces himself. It's Quentin. He is chairman of the board of the public trust that manages the gardens. And he is working with Dorothy to open the gardens to the public. James was a gentleman with a sign who doesn't want that to happen. So they talk for a little bit and Dorothy comes back out of the house and says, there's an emergency. I have to go away. She doesn't explain what it is, but she has to leave. Is there anything? Could she talk to Quentin again tomorrow? And he's like, sure, there's nothing. I don't really have any reason to do this now. We can talk about this tomorrow. Great. So she goes away. Quentin goes away. And the ladies go to dinner. So they go to this little French cafe. 
they make some jokes about how to pronounce chicken in French. And as they're sitting there, James is also happens to be at this cafe. James comes over to them and says, would you like to, I have a proposition for you. Would you come visit me tomorrow for a proposition? And they're like, they're intrigued. So they're like, certainly we will come visit you tomorrow. He's like, do you know where I live? And they're like, yes, you're right next door to Dorothy. And she's like, yes, see me tomorrow for a proposition. And he scurries off. Meanwhile, they share a little bit more gossip. Rosemary spills the tea that Dorothy doesn't have any nieces or nephews. She has no sisters or brothers to have nephews. So who is this Nicholas person? Is she cheating on Casper, who's away in Switzerland with well, this Nicholas person? Well, that's Laura's suggestion. But then Rosemary says, oh no, she's not that type of woman. <laughs> I've known her since she was eight. Right. And Laura's like, oh, okay. Well, sure, that, I guess so. You haven't seen her in years, but apparently you know she's the type to marry a millionaire, but not to dally or stray from the millionaire. So in any event, they have dinner and they finish it up and then they go home and they're asleep and it's like four in the morning and they hear somebody skulking around downstairs. Oh, we missed a little clue. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. Quentin tells them when he meets them. Uh, Quentin is the dapper, mm-hmm. o- older man head of the with trust, the silver opening hair. up the garden. Yeah. To the so he's open up. The, he wants to open up the. Oh, maybe you did say that. Okay, sorry. Well, he wants to open up the gardens to as a public he's trust. He's head of the trust. He's head of the trust. But the reason they want to do it is because apparently there is a bunch of tax purposes. There, like there's some tax benefits for it, and Casper can't. Casper is not too keen on this either. James next door is not too keen on it. Casper is not too keen on it either, but Casper can't do anything to stop it because Casper years ago gave the gardens over to Dorothy, also presumably for some kind of tax dodging reasons. So he can't stop Dorothy from opening them to the public like yeah. she wants. And Dorothy, Dorothy has given them the map and the all of the the old design. The right. Yeah, they've done a little and... bit of a they've done a little bit of a tour, being like this is this was the original design, and then this was something that was done forty years ago. So yeah, so there are two different maps of what the gardens are yeah. that we have. That is a possible clue. You are correct. Very good on that. <laughs> Remember when I said all that thing about the flute music? The reason I mentioned the flute music is because there's one of perhaps my favorite subtitles ever in this is that like we after dinner we cut to them asleep at night and Rosemary is snoring and as Rosemary is snoring there are subtitles underneath everything that say eerie flute music. <laughs> <laughs> Eerie flute music. And they're not wrong. The flute music is doing its darndest to be eerie. Anyways, they are sleeping. Laura wakes up Rosemary. She hears somebody downstairs. They're like, maybe it's just Dorothy come back. Just ignore it. So they try to ignore it. And then they hear some breaking glass. And they're like, okay, now we have to go investigate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They go to find Dorothy. They go to Dorothy's bedroom. She's not there. Her bed is still made. Her bed is still made. Dorothy's not there. So then they like, they skulk around a little bit more and they go downstairs. And then they see somebody driving off. They see somebody driving off in a car and we see, the camera sees that James is like hiding in the garden somewhere and James also sees a car drives off. So we know that James sees the car goes off and they see the car goes off, but there's still noise from the house behind them. So Laura and Rosemary see that the door has been jammed open and they go investigate a little bit more and they find a body laying on the ground. They don't know who it is. It looks like the study... Right, it does. It or looks like a study or a sitting room of some sort. There is a man. He's 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 is he dressed? I forget if he was dressed or if he, he was in a robe. He looked pretty dressed. He looked pretty dressed, and he's old. He's got a beard, white hair, beard. He's an older gentleman. Laura asks Rosemary, "Is this Dorothy's husband?" And Rosemary is just like, "I don't know. I've never met the guy." And at, just at that moment, Agate shows up 
with a shotgun. Agate holds a shotgun on them, as you can hear in the distance, sirens approaching, and that is where we stopped. That is everything we know. And I made a big deal about the flute because it was funny, but I made a big deal about the maid because in the very first pilot episode of this show, the maid is actually the person who did it. Oh. <laughs> so I just you got to track the maid in this because they, they have yes. already have set the set the thing out there that yes the maid is possibly in play as not someone who butler. did. Not the butler. Not the butler, but the, the maid. maid. So there or you go. Or housekeeper. Or housekeeper, sure. But there you go. That is everybody and everything. So who do we have? We have Rosemary and Laura. Yeah. And I think we seeing as they are the heroes of the show, we can set them aside. They didn't do Correct. it. Yes. yes. Uh, and then we have Dorothy. Yeah. Married to an older millionaire might be might be in her benefit to bump him off and get control of the gardens and all the and money. And we presume that that dead guy is her husband. We presume that the dead guy is Casper. Casper is Dorothy's husband. We assume but that we the... don't know for sure. Yes. Yet. So there's but there is a dead guy that we mm-hmm. presume is Casper, but could be somebody else. There is Quentin. Oh, Quentin. Also, I didn't say this, but Quentin is apparently a best-selling author. He is a best-selling murder mystery author. Paperback. Paperback. He writes those uh, books that you see at the airports. Yeah. With the embossed... With the embossed covers, uh, yes. And glossy... Yes. Embossed, glossy covers. So he's kind of like the Daniel Steele or he's the Daniel, James Patterson. James Patterson um, <laughs> or Rick Castle. Or Rick Castle. He's totally, no, totally a Rick Totally Rick Castle. Castle. <laughs> uh, and then we have James, who's the next door neighbor who's skulking about and trying to keep them private. And then we have Nicholas, the nephew. Very handy, that. Nicholas, mm-hmm. the nephew. Yeah. I think that's everybody that we've got so far. Yeah, and, and we have no idea how Casper is dead. Right. If, if there, looked, was there was a, a wound box, to the head. I didn't see that. There was okay, a wound yeah. to the head, but I don't know if that's how he, like, maybe he, like, maybe he was, like, maybe he fell. You know what I mean? Like, maybe he fell and hit his head on something as he was going to the yeah. ground. But we don't know. We don't know how he's dead. But he's dead and on the ground. And we still, do we, we don't really know where the glass was broken. Right. We don't know where the glass was because a door was, a door was a jar, uh, shoved but open. there was and, no window But there broken. was no window. We didn't find a broken window anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. So, there you go. That's everything. It's time for our patented guesses. Some wild-ass guesses. <laughs> this is the wild-ass guessing section. Welcome to the wild-ass guessing portion. All right. Do you want me to go first? I'll go first. Okay. Okay. I think James did it. Straight out James did it. Okay. Yeah. I don't think James did it. But it's... There. <laughs> I, I mean, story-wise, they're, like, setting us up to make us believe that he did it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, because he's, he's sort of, like, the sniveling. He, he's the hater. He's the hater. He's absolutely the hater. Absolutely. Uh, that, and so, but he's I the don't Malfoy. know why he, yeah. He's trying to keep everything for the, for the entitled. Yeah, and I don't know why he would be killing Casper, though, because Casper is, um... Opposed it, as well. But he yeah. may not know that. He may not know that. He may think that the easiest way to... Like, he also doesn't know that Dorothy is in charge of the gardens. He knows that Dorothy's doing it, but he may not know that they belong to Dorothy. So he may think yeah. that killing Casper is a way to stop it. But I think he would have to know... I think he would have to know that Dorothy was behind the push to make it happen. So I wonder what he thinks he could gain by okay, killing I'm Casper. Changing, I'm changing my mind. Of course you are. That's fine. I know that they're... But I know that they're going to investigate him. Of course they are. Yes, he's absolutely... he is such a hater. I really think he's like top of the list. Sure, gotta be. And then Nick. 
Nicholas, the quote-unquote nephew. Right. Also. Also has to be near the top of the list. Absolutely. the top of the list, for sure. And in the conversation that you related, you said that they, that he was overheard saying, I, you don't understand, I can't do it because he's not here. I don't know if he said he couldn't do it because he's not here, but it did have something, there was something about the fact that someone wasn't there, so something couldn't happen. What we also know is that Nick is a painter. He has a uh, Dorothy. Oh, he's a very good right. painter. Dorothy loves his paintings. Um, and also, Quentin is not very fond of him. Quentin and Nick have a little like uh, run in with each other as Nick is leaving because Nick leaves unceremoniously. Mm-hmm. Dorothy's about to introduce him to Rosemary and, and Laura, and he off. just walks off. He's already walked off. Like yeah. he do- he doesn't just walk away. He's like he's already gone. And then he gets into his car and he's surly to Quentin who has just pulled he's up. He's like, is Dorothy here? And he said, how would I know? How would I know? Yes. Yeah, so Which he is, lies. Yeah, he so totally, totally lies, lies to so Quentin. So he's hiding something there. Absolutely. So yeah, so they have a little, and Quentin's like, he, I forget exactly what he says, but he says something like just disparaging about like not how you go, like not how you should do it, Nicholas. Okay. Or something like that. Okay. So Nicholas, I think, is going to be higher on the list, though, because Absolutely. he is sus- is is suspicious. Right. The the way that he walks off so unceremoniously and rude to these two friends of Dorothy. Yeah. And that he's also being surly to Quentin, and so Quentin's going to point a finger. But you know what? Oh, but then Quentin's going to know a lot about murder. Oh and yes, of course, of course, so he's going to know a lot about murder because he writes murder mysteries. Yeah. What if he's the murderer? And of course, then you're like, you're saying Agatha, the housekeeper. Right. Maybe she could, she's up there too. Yeah. She has the gun. She has a shotgun. We didn't hear a gunshot though. We did not. So we don't really know how he died. Yeah. And Dorothy doesn't seem to be home either. And we saw a car going away, but it was like a Mercedes. It was like a sedan, a Mercedes sedan. Right. It was not... Not a fancy... Not a convertible. Right. Not a not an Art Deco convertible. Quentin was mm-hmm. driving an Art Deco convertible. Because, I'm sorry, if you say a Mercedes sedan, you can, that's also kind of a fancy car. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I just meant that... It wasn't designed forward. It was just a sedan. It was just a boxy, blocky sedan. Yeah. Not to say that he couldn't have multiple cars. Right, sure. Because he is an airport mystery writer. And we know those are famously wealthy. And we don't know how Cas. Why? Who? Ha- why does Casper have any enemies? Yeah. Why does Casper have any enemies? We, we don't know anything. We don't know anything about his business. We don't know anything about his so property. Fast. We don't know what, what the emergency was with Dorothy. There are a lot of questions right now. That's why we guess before we have any clues okay. because it just makes it wild less. So I think that they're going to put James up on top. I think they're going to put Nicholas up on top, and Nicholas is just going to be a big old harumph dead end yeah but he's gonna there's gonna be something tangled in there Mm -hmm. but we don't know what it is yet i'm gonna say that he is tangled up he can't do the painting that he wants to do of his very beautiful naked friend because he's not here He's not in town. And Dorothy's like, but I want the picture of the beautiful naked man. And the portrait of your beautiful naked friend. And he says, I can't paint him because he's not here. Oh. So it's all about like, maybe she wants to have like a sculptor. Like he's not just a Mm -hmm. painter. He's a sculptor. So yeah, he wants naked paintings or naked sculptures in the gardens. Yeah. Yeah. And I think maybe he, although I also wonder if there are two Dorothys. 
because he said, Dor- who, Dorothy isn't here. How would I know? Even though he was just talking to Dorothy. Yeah. I mean, he's clearly lying about that. Yeah. But did Quentin know that he was lying? Is this just a thing that he... Or that he was just... How would I know? Mm. Why has he got some sass with Quentin? I don't know. I think it... I think Quentin... You think Quentin? You're going to put the finger on Quentin? Took Casper or took out Casper for some reason. I think it was his car that was driving away, not the not, not James's the convertible. Car. No, right, just a different car of his. Okay. Just another car of his, a sedany Mercedes that he doesn't drive except when he needs to murder people. <laughs> it's his murder car. And he is upset at Casper. Mercedes Benz, everyone's favorite murder car. Yeah. He is upset at Casper because Casper won't let him in on an investment that would, you know, save him a bunch of money and there's all these tax purposes and he's actually invested very poorly and all he has is his cars. (gasps) Ooh. So I'm going to say Quentin with an ice pick. In the study. Quentin with the ice pick in the study. Okay. So here's the thing. I also agree with you that it's Quentin. Because right now, Quentin is the only one who doesn't have any kind of motive. Nicholas is surly. And we think that whether or not Rosemary wants to believe it, he's probably... Like right now, they're really positioning him as a boy toy. I love your idea that he like... He's a painter though. That he just wants to like paint something really great. But he can't do it right now because his... Maybe, like, yeah, I, I love that idea. That, that's, it's ingenious. I wish I had come up with that. But I don't think it's Nicholas because he's way too, like, way too obvious. And even more too obvious is James. Like, James has just, like, of course it's James. You know what I mean? He clearly wants to keep people private. He clearly wants the gardens to not go out there. Like, I think you're supposed to think that that's James because they do show James kind of, like, crouched behind a wall or something. Like, I think he's oh, crouched I behind some wall or fence. Oh, I thought he was at his house. No, but, I don't think And that's... that made no sense to me because I was like, this is this yeah, whole no, you have, neighborhood you have has to acres, be... acres. Yeah. Acres of land between be. the two things. It, it's not... I mean, in LA, you can have million-dollar homes that are right on top of each other. True. But... Or bajillion-dollar homes. Five million-dollar homes that are right on top of each other i.e. Beverly Hills. Right. But I just, I mean, I guess it could be also in the friendship rate. But no, it makes more sense that he was hiding on their property, on Dorothy and Casper's property, and then he was the one seen walking away. Yeah, I completely agree. So I don't, but I don't think it was James. We need a new TV so we can see these dark night scenes (laughs) better. Patreon. <laughs> right. Patreon. <laughs> yes, we don't have a Patreon, but if we did, we'd need you now more than ever. Yeah. <laughs> we'll start with mics. We'll start with mics and then we'll get to a better TV. Or maybe we'll start with a better TV and then get to mics. I don't know. It's all Ah, <laughs> oh, Patreon. If you want to support us on Patreon, let us know on the uh, on the social medias. Um but I right now, right now my top suspect is Quentin. But money cuz but money Money would have to come out of it because, like, right now they think that he's this super popular author. So we'd have to find out somehow that he's not actually a bestseller and that he doesn't have money. Which, I mean, I think they just give you money if you're at the French Riviera. I think that's what it is. Like, you get there, the (laughs) land is cheap, and then they just give you the money to make sure that all the neighbors are of the same ilk, right? Isn't that how that happens? It's very socialist. 
right. all the rich people yes. there. Like if you yes. get there and you find land, they're like, oh, well, yeah. you have to be rich like the rest of us. So let me, let's just, let's yeah. just, we're all going to do a whip round yes. and uh, everybody contribute yeah. whatever extra hundred thousands they have yeah. available. Mm-hmm. And pretty mm-hmm. soon, you know, you've collected a couple million and you just give that to the new guy. Yes. Um, I mean, that's what I, that's my business plan for making it in the French Riviera. Yeah. Second, right behind striking at rich at Monte Carlo. Mm. All of these are solid plans, by the way. Yeah. So if I'm not here for next week's podcast recording, that's what it is. Um, okay. So who else could it be? Okay, here is how it could be. If it were to be Agatha, this is how it could be Agatha. Agatha is a secret gardener herself and has been secretly in love with Casper all these years. She has yes. been plying Casper to put her in charge of the gardens as opposed to Dorothy because oh. she thinks that Dorothy is mm-hmm. ruining it with all of these pictures of or naked Or she's let men. it go. Oh! So she is very prim and pr- mm. Agatha is very conservative and she wants like she wants to make sure that all the Greek gods and all the sculptures of Adonis are properly clothed. So oh, if she, she wants, wants to, to put some leaves over those Yeah, she's penises. she's a she's a big fan of fig leaves and Dorothy is not. Dorothy is very much just like a you paint mm. whatever bacchanal you want. We are going to have lots of sprays and flowers everywhere. And Agatha is like, "No, this is not how it should be." I am very French. I am very conservative. This is what it is. There are conservative French people. There are. It's like half the country now. It's frightening. Yeah. But I don't know if they were always like that. Sure. Agatha may also know all of the secret tunnels underneath the ground because I'm betting that Agatha secret was tunnel. a secret tunnel. Secret so tunnel. So Agatha, I think, knows okay. all the secret tunnels from the Resistance and the Pirate Days. So oh Agatha is using Agatha is using the secret <gasps> tunnels to pirate. What? Some wine from... uh, (gasps) Which will be on the maps! Yes. So there's definitely some secret tunnels that Agatha knows about. And I think he's going to Switzerland and he's clearly involved in some kind of business. So I think he's smuggling something from from Switzerland to the coast. Yeah, Casper Mm. is smuggling something. Chocolate. Sure. Or or clocks. Clocks. Cuckoo clocks. Mm -hmm. Swiss cuckoo Mm -hmm. clocks. Or watches. Um, Nazis. Nazis? No, no, no. There's no Nazis. He's not smuggling Nazis. He's if he's smuggling anybody, he's smuggling the resistance. Yeah. So, but no, I think I think Agatha is keeper of the tunnels, and I think maybe that's where. Did they say something about Nazis in this episode? No, there's no Nazis. There's just me being silly. And if there's if if there's an old French person, there's must be Nazis. Um, (laughs) Nazis and Galois cigarettes, (laughs) and an accordion. There must be accordions. There's already been accordions. There's flute music and accordion music in this episode. Oh, was that in the restaurant? Yeah, there's accordion music (laughs) in the restaurant. But no, I definitely think there's tunnels. I think Nicholas. I think okay. I think. Nicholas and Dorothy are running a, are in fact running a smuggling operation. Or Nicholas mm-hmm. is running a smuggling operation. Casper found out about the smuggling operation. And, and that's why they couldn't do it. It wasn't that they were having an affair. It's that he couldn't do it because his, like, his mark or his fence or his supplier wasn't available. So oh. that's why they couldn't make the midnight run. And I think what happened is, is that Casper, maybe one of the tunnels comes out in the study and Casper discovered them. So they killed Casper, especially if Dorothy had to go out. And you know, this is the thing. They're smuggling Herbe de Provence. Oh, gosh. (laughs) (laughs) They're smuggling Herbe de Provence into the French Riviera. And without, while not having to pay, not having to, they're getting around some kind of duty or tax, some like French tax that they have to, that they have to import. If they're importing it from a region, they have to have this tax or something, or it's an EU thing. They're smuggling Herb de Provence out without having to pay the EU tax. And that's why they're going through the tunnels. I think, 
I think Dorothy is. I do. I'm gonna. I'm gonna put it on Dorothy. I think Dorothy is a. I think Dorothy is smuggling herb de Provence. Maybe they've made a new cigarette that smokes herb de Provence. Oh, okay. There you yes. go. That's it. <laughs> That's the one. A new type of herb de Provence cigarette. That's what okay. I'm putting on it. Do we have any prop bets? Uh, well, it sounds like you maybe want to have one or two. Well, I just. I mean, maybe you know what kind of paintings. What kind of paintings does, does he do? Nick make? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm. I think he's just gardens. I think he's just the next wants to be the next Monet, and it's just gardens. Oh, okay. Yeah. Whereas I'm like, oh, it's nudes. <laughs> In gardens. Okay. All right. So that's one prop bet. So one prop bet. What kind of painting does Nicholas paint? I say gardens. You say nudes. Yeah. I say gardens. You say, say nudes. nudes. Gardens. Nudes. Gardens. Nudes. <laughs> <laughs> what else how many more kimonos did uh laura time pack <laughs> that's true she was she has this night outfit nightgown and then when they go downstairs she puts a kimono on over it and it's it's, it's a beautiful kimono but it's so silly over her <laughs> striped like <Yes>. night shirt <laughs> do we think there will be actually any gardening in this episode I say no. Really? None yes. at all? I say no gardening at all. Okay. Well, actually, that's not true. I think uh, that's not true. I do think there will be gardening because I think they will have to do some kind of gardening in order to find the tunnels. So I do think yes. that, yes, I think there will be some gardening. Yeah. All right. We're going to go watch it and we'll come back and tell you how we do. Guess along and tell us how you did. Or maybe not. I don't know. You do you. Whatever. It's a podcast. We're, we're chill. Whatever. <laughs> Keep doing your dishes. <laughs> okay. It could be a bit. Anyway. But it'll be a bit for next won. time. <laughs> I did. I did. I guess Dorothy. I had a completely bankrupt and horrible uh, reason why it was Dorothy. Yeah. But <laughs> we can argue about whether or not I need to come up with a correct reason for all of this. But I did guess Dorothy. You did. I guess Dorothy. And it was. It was Dorothy, ladies and gentlemen. It was Dorothy because she was, well, I'm not going to spoil it all completely at the beginning. I'm going to give you a little bit about what happens in the episode. The next morning, the police come. They are they're questioning uh, Rosemary and Time. What happened? All they say is that they found the dead body. When the police are investigating, they realize that a very famous piece of silver is missing. Oh no! Now they think that Laura, that Rosemary and Laura stole the silver. They don't know what to do. And just when they're being questioned, Dorothy comes home and she is shocked to learn that her husband is dead. Oh. She plays a grieving widow. They take her down to the police station to talk to her. And she sends Laura and Rosemary into town to find her, to find her lawyer, Alexander Chrissy, I think his name is, Alexander Chrissy. They keep calling him Chrissy. And as they're talking to him, his wife comes back. And his wife is a bit of a stunner. She's yeah, pretty she's, good looking. Yeah. And you know immediately that she's cheating on him because he's just like, where were you? I called the hotel last night and you weren't there. And she's just like, oh, that hotel. I was there the whole time. I don't know what to tell you. Of course she wasn't there. So she's cheating on him with somebody. They leave him to go visit Dorothy with the police and they go to visit James. James and his proposition. His proposition is simply that he wants them 
to work on his garden. It's a delaying tactic. They can see right through it. He's like, no, I need you to do all of this work. And I need you to do it immediately. Rosemary is incensed. She's like, she is my friend. I told her I would help her. Good day, sir. They go back to Dorothy's garden and they do, in fact, garden. <laughs> yes. So that prop bet there was they in fact gardening. They measured a lot they, in there this was, episode. There was so much measuring and counting of trees in this episode. They were doing yeah. a survey to figure out what plans were correct or what plans were accurate. Trying to find the flowers if they, they were still the, there. Are the flowers or... still there? Is it still planted for this? Are the trees still there? Are the trees not yeah. there? How many laurel trees are there? There's only eight, not ten laurel trees. Well, we'll mark that down on the map. So yes, they do do gardening. They do not, however, much to my chagrin... They do not discover any secret tunnels. It's they a very don't. sad day. I really thought you were onto something with but that. But they do find, they don't find the tunnels, but they do find the silver piece that was missing. Yeah, that's right. It has been wrapped up and stowed on the ground. And they're like, <laughs> they are so ridiculous. They're first off that they take it in the first place. They like take it out of the ground and handle it. Like their fingerprints are now all over this. All this is, over the this bag. This is not the way to make sure that they are not suspect. So they put their fingerprints all over it. And then they're like, oh, now that we found it though, the police are going to want to see it where we found it. So we should put it back. Yeah. So then they <sighs> shove it back in the ground. They put a bunch of crap over it. You know, earth, hummus. Loam. 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 Sod. It's not, they don't put humus over it. They do it, not put hummus over that's it. What, what's the word for earth? Isn't that a word for like, you know, composted earth? Hummus? What is that? What is the word that they use? What is it that they use in scotch when they're, when peat? I think you're, are you thinking of peat? Peat, peat moss? I know what peat moss is. All right. I'm going to continue on with the okay. summary. You, you do a, you do a Google search on hummus and whether or not you use hummus in gardening. Prop, I prop don't. bet. I don't think you do. <laughs> Anyways. So yes, they go tell synonym. Dorothy. Synonym for Earth. hummus. Chickpea. Do you use chickpea in gardening? You don't use chickpea. I know you don't use chickpea. I'm just saying that there's a word for... <laughs> Meanwhile, like, she is the gardener in our family. I should listen to her, but I do not believe that hummus <laughs> is used in gardening. <laughs> uh, anyways, what happens next? Back at the house, Quentin comes over and spills some tea that it wasn't a happy marriage at all. And then Alex and Dorothy herself return, and Dorothy explains that she got the phone call about who is cheating on her cheating with her husband and she got so enraged she went to go see him and confront them and <laughs> there is a dance of joy happening right now please explain what is going on hummus or humus spelled h-u-m-u-s the dark organic material in soils produced by the decomposition <laughs> of vegetable or animal matter and the essential to the fertility of the earth. This is what I get for going against the gardener while watching a gardening show. Origin of it was, uh, I, that is, Sanskrit. My, my sin is pride. I, just because I guessed the winner, I flew too close to the sun. I am falling. I thought I knew all there was to know about gardening. Oh, oh, woe is me. How the mighty have fallen. <laughs> Gentle listeners, I have no idea if any of this is going to make us in. But uh, hummus, there you go. This is how you pronounce it. Humus. One more time. Humus. 
humus. So not hummus, humus. humus. But well, still, it, lo- it, it looks it looks an awful. It looks an awful lot like hummus, ladies and gentlemen. So you just it don't pronounce does. the H. No, you do. You just pronounce it with a long U. Humus, or humus. Humus, humus. or humus. Yeah, humus. You misremember this. <laughs> a kiss is still a kiss. <laughs> And dirty has a lot of words. (laughs) As worms crawl by. (laughs) Anyways, they're back at the garden. Quentin comes over, confesses it's not a happy marriage. Uh, Then Dorothy and Alex show back up. And Dorothy's like, the phone call yesterday, someone said that my husband was cheating on me. And this was the hotel that they were in. I went to confront them. And that is when James, this smarmy next door neighbor, comes back over and says, by the way, Dorothy, I have a proposition for you. Come see me. So what's happening there? We don't know. Nope. As Rosemary and Laura are exploring the garden, they find a little house, a little petit trianon hidden in the gardens. Mm -hmm. But Nicholas comes up and scares them all away. And he's like, I don't want any old tarts poking about my business. Which makes them... (laughs) <laughs> Which they take a tiny bit of offense They take a tiny bit of offense to. They're, not, they're, they're like, they're... the tart, fine, old, pff, <laughs> yeah. whatever. <laughs> Later, Rosemary and Laura are having coffee with Dorothy inside. Agatha is uh, serving them. They're having mm. coffee inside yeah. when they hear French shouting in another room. And Dorothy leaves to go take care of it. But this time, instead of like interrupting and not getting the dirt rosemary is is it rosemary or it's rosemary rosemary's like i'm gonna find out what it is so rosemary opens the door a crack and looks through and finds out that dorothy is confronting fiona remember fiona is the wife of the lawyer and it turns out that fiona was sleeping with casper dorothy is so upset she just can't stay at the house anymore so she decides she's going to spend the night not spend the night. She's going to go and stay with Quentin. Quentin, will he ever possibly take her in? And of course he oh. does. And oh. at this point, you're looking at Quentin like, oh, you totally did this, Quentin. Yeah. This is all according <laughs> to your grand plan. And I thought Jessica surely had this wrapped up. I did too. <laughs> I was I was getting ready to do my lap, but I knew there was still time. There was plenty of time. So much time that the ladies, even though they just had coffee, go to another cafe for coffee. And they see Nicholas. And he's wandering around. And they're like, who is this? So the ladies do a sting operation on Nick to find out what he's up to. He's going to an ATM. Rosemary comes up to him and starts to talk to him and ask him a question while Laura sneaks up behind him and he's holding up his bank card and his bank card has the Huber name on it. So Laura immediately knows that this is how you blackmail somebody Mm -hmm. because if you want to give them money privately without having it tracked, what you do is you give them a bank card with your name on it and then they can go out and withdraw a certain set amount. They don't know what to make of this information. And then they head back to the gardens. While they're in the gardens, they see Quentin. And Quentin is just, hmm, that's nice. He's kind of moping and just checking up on the ladies. But immediately afterwards, they find an iron rod with blood on it. And when they show it to the police, the police is like, this is not the murder weapon. Casper's hair was white. This hair is brown. And the blood is fresh. Who could this be? (gasps) James is dead. The smarmy next door neighbor is dead, bludgeoned to death with this iron rod. Nobody knows what to do, even though two murders have now happened, are determined to get their gardening done. So they go back to the house. As they're parking the car, they park next to Nick's car. And in Nick's car, they find the bag that has the silver 
special thing in it, whatever it is. I don't know what it's called. It's a very fancy silver piece yeah. worth a lot of money. So they rush up to Nick's house to see what's going on there because Laura has an idea. So they start looking through Nick's things. Nick comes back. They make a dangerous escape. But what Laura has found is a birth certificate, which proves that Nick is Dorothy's son. Nick is Dorothy's son. He's been blackmailing her to keep the secret from Casper. So what do they do? They turn him into the police and then do more gardening. <laughs> <laughs> they are bound and determined to do all the measuring for this gardening. And as they're looking, as they're doing the measuring, Laura realizes that the fence post is from Quentin's fence. Quentin lives next door as well. Mm. The fence post is from Quentin's fence. So now mm. all the evidence squarely posed points to Quentin. So even though they've told the police that Nick did it and that they should that the police should pick up Nick, they go to confront Quentin. And Quentin, and this is when Jessica got really excited, people, Quentin confesses everything. He's like, yes, yes, I did it. I'd do it again. It was a horrible marriage. She needed to be free because I love her. I love her more than anything. And that's when Dorothy steps in. And Dorothy's like, oh, Quentin, you've been reading your own books too much. <laughs> it's a great little put down. She knows that Quentin is in love with her. She's not really in love with Quentin. She's just using Quentin. And she is because it turns out Nick was blackmailing her blackmailing her white, bleeding her dry, as she puts it. She stole the silver piece. She wanted to steal the silver piece to pay him off once and for all. But while she was doing that, Casper came back early from his tryst. They had caught her. They had an argument. She pushed him. He fell down, hit his head, died. Yeah. But they were like, oh, that's so sad. But that was, was not an accident that you killed James. And Dorothy's just like, no, James was a horrible small man. And Quentin's like, screw this. Quentin pulls a gun on them and is just like, we can make it to my yacht in 10 minutes and presumably get away from it all. Which yeah. I think is just about the best thing you could possibly say in a murder in the French Riviera. We can make it to my yacht in 10 minutes. <laughs> Love it. So if they do. They, he knows where the tunnels are. He knows where the secret tunnels are. Yes. But they don't take the secret tunnels. He's, <laughs> this is the best French Riviera villain ever. He pulls a gun. Let's make it to my yacht. Let's jump into my convertible Rolls Royce. They try to go down the great big driveway, but they are stopped by the police. Yeah. So guess what, ladies and gentlemen? Guess what? Guess what? Guess what? It was Dorothy. Oh, yeah. I Jacob right. for the win. <laughs> Jacob had, for the win. I had it all wrong with the tunnels and the Herb de Provence, but I did guess Dorothy, and uh, I think that counts as a win. So there you go. That's what happened. Um, Yay, it was Jacob, Dorothy. Well that's two in a row. That's three in a row for us, though. That's that's a heck of a streak. Gosh, we're getting good at this. <laughs> Maybe. Um... <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay, there you go. And Which means, now that we know what happened and who did it, it's time for who really made it. Jessica, what happened on the IMDb's? Well, I really wanted to focus on these two actresses. Sure, of The course. leads. Um, they're amazing. Felicity Kendall, who is, by the way, four foot twelve. She what? is a tiny lady. Wait, wait, no, 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 no. If you're four She's foot twelve, you Rose are five Mary feet. Boxer. If you are four foot twelve, you are five feet tall. She's four foot eleven and three quarters. <laughs> Okay. So she is not, not quite five feet. She is a five. She, so yes. Yeah. So what is her name again? Felicity Kendall. And she plays Rosemary. And she plays Rosemary. And uh, Pam Ferris, just for some, is five foot seven. She plays Laurel mm-hmm. or Lauren Laura. Laura Time. Anyway, so I was looking that looking at that through this whole episode. Like, does she seem 
look like seven inches shorter than she does seem much shorter but i would not have guessed that like i would i thought that it just was that laura was just so much tall it was just tall but no like she's an average height and um, yeah. i'm sorry what's uh rosemary felicity, felicity is just rosemary is a small she is a small a, she is a small lady so she is a british leading woman Best known at one time for cute roles, which I suppose Absolutely. probably happens when you're when you're five four, foot. four foot something and blonde. Yes, you yeah. get cute roles. Absolutely. But now she is getting uh, formidable roles and a wide variety. That's of a parts. great arc. Cute to formidable. Yes, that's a hell of an arc. Good yes. job, Felicity. Yeah. yeah. Though she be a tiny, she is fierce. <laughs> <laughs> she has a, which Shakespeare is in, in a. Um, British. Useful, a, a, a useful, <laughs> useful quote and a nice segue for this because she grew up in India oh. with her parents who had a Shakespearean theater company mm-hmm. and where they toured all over India. And she, her parents were Jeffrey Kendall and Laura Liddell. And they toured for decades. Their company was called Shakespeareana ah. and Young Felicity appeared as an infant on stage she grew up doing backstage chores of course and doing all playing all the supernumeraries and boys and you know that is fantastic yeah oh my gosh and she attended whatever convent school was immediately convenient and by her teen years was appearing in very important shakespeare roles and interesting i'm not sure how this happens because i just didn't look super far into it but um (laughs) press for time people james ivory and ishmael merchant yes so merchant ivory films fashioned their fictional film shakespeare walla 1965 which is a very early film of theirs around the troop her family's troop and she got the lead and that was her big breakout role Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And then she went on to appear on a television show opposite John Gilgood. Wow. And then she got the role that made her famous, which apparently was Barbara Good in the TV series The Good Life in 1955, 1975, sorry, 1975, about a couple who decides to live off the land in their decidedly suburban home. And that, so I think that was kind of a funny, funny thing. Sure, kind yeah. of show. Little British comedy. About hippies, kind of. <laughs> Probably eating a lot of Marmite. Because I, I mean, I... Living, so... getting their feet and their fingers in the humus. Yes, yeah, yes. <laughs> Felicity Kendall has had two husbands and a very long-term and public affair with Tom Stoppard. And what? was in many of his plays. Oh my gosh, that and, is fantastic. Yeah, and so much so that IMDb has so many quotes from her about talking about how it is not easy to be monogamous. <laughs> <laughs> she has this quote, George Bernard Shaw was a raving socialist and mad for feminism, passionate that women should have a right to choose how they live and how and if they work. And so I was thought, was like, that's hilarious. And then there's another quote. The problem men seem to have, and women too, is that they have this very structured idea that we should find a partner and settle down and be, you know, faithful. And yet clearly this is really, really hard for anybody to do. It just goes on and on and on, and I am She is a woman committed was, to having. Just, I wouldn't. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know what? Good for her. Yeah. 
Pam Ferris, who plays Laura Time. As I said, she's 5'7". <laughs> Start with the most important thing. <laughs> she was born in Germany because her father, who is You know who she English. reminds me of? I'm sorry, I'm going to interrupt you for a second. I just realized who she reminds me of. She reminds me of Miranda Hart. Really? Yes. She's There's... not as tall as Miranda. No. But because... But I, this is why I think now, because... Because Felicity is so tall, oh, she's like it seven. Totally I, you of that like relationship. totally right relationship between Miranda and her shopkeeper friend. friend. And I am, I am, I am absolutely having said that. That is exactly who it reminds oh me of. Oh my and, gosh! And I think that's maybe great. that's why I expect. Okay, so I said earlier that this was such a dramatic show. It was such like it wasn't light. It didn't feel light. And throughout this whole episode, there was this second runner about Laura trying to find this one French pastry that she was mad for. Yes. So there was this completely light little jokey runner throughout the whole thing. But I think saying this out loud, I think part of the reason that I thought that it was so dramatic, that it was not as funny or light as it could be, was because in the back of my brain, I'm thinking about Miranda. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, it's not as funny as that show. So <laughs> Which is like physical comedy. Physical comedy. Of one, of the, the, one of the funniest shows like, of all top, time. Yes. Uh, top so, tier. <laughs> so it is, in fact. I do believe it is, in fact, a light show. They do have fun with it. Well, but it is not. IMDb agrees with you that it is yeah. not light comedy. Fair enough. But it is certainly... It is certainly not as comedic as Miranda, but no. it is certainly not as overwrought as Prime Suspect. Right, correct. Or Waking the Dead. Or Waking the Dead, for the, for sure. So, back back to Pam Ferris. Yeah, sorry, Pam. It's so all about you now. She was born in Germany as her father was involved in the denazification process in Germany. Hmm. Her father, Frederick Fred John Ferris, was from Swindon, Wiltshire, England, and her mother is... From, I'm not going to try to pronounce these names because it's really hard. I don't understand all these letters and how they work together. But from Wales. That's <laughs> <laughs> all you had to say. She's in from Wales. Sure, she is from Wales. Her father served in the RAF. And after they, they left Germany to go to New Zealand for a short amount of time. And then they also moved to Wales at some point. And then she went back to New Zealand in order to do acting school. And she was in an acting, a theater troupe there in New Zealand. And then she decided to pursue it more kind of hardcore with more commitment moving back to the UK in, in when she was 22 after seeing Judy Dench in London Assurance. So she is an actress as of late who is known for being in Matilda in 1996. Oh. She played Trenchbull. She was in Children of Men, which is that story about yeah, it was, the last pregnant women on the on Nobody Earth. can have birth, so but one woman does get pregnant. And who was the director on that? Quaron. Yeah. Alfonso Quaron, yeah. She was in Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban no. as Aunt Marge. Who comes to visit and is blown, blows up yes, like a balloon and yes, floats away. Yeah, that is her. Oh my gosh. Okay, great. Yeah. And if you are an Anglophile, she is Sister Evangeline in Call the Midwife. Clive Eaton is yes. the writer, or Exton, sorry, pardon me, E-X-T-O-N. Clive Exton is the writer-creator of Rosemary and Time. And he has been employed as a writer since 1964. He's known for wow. the Red Sonia, which came out what? in 1985. Yeah. Do you know that? I know of it. I've never seen it. It was... Uh, Red Sonia is... So there's Conan the Barbarian. Yeah. Big sword, tiny loincloth, 
Then there's Red Sonia, which is big sword, tiny chainmail bikini. Yeah. That's and that's that's, that, that's he, it. And he, he wrote, wrote the movie for that. And yeah. it was okay, great. Because yeah, yeah, Conan the Barbarian with Arnold Schwarzenegger did great. Let's do Red Sonia. Okay. Yeah. He's also the famous creator of Jeeves and Worcester, which is about the character, and I may not be pronouncing this correctly, sure. but Bertram Worcester, a well-intentioned, wealthy layabout, has a habit of getting himself in trouble, and it's up to his brilliant valet Jeeves to get him out. Based on the P.G. Woodhouse novels. I was, that's, that's what I recognize. I recognize yeah. the P.G. Woodhouse novel. And yeah. it was produced by Brian Eastman, who also produced Rosemary and Time. So they okay. had they have a, working um, relationship. a working relationship. He unfortunately passed oh. away shortly after this show finished. But Brian Eastman continued his credits it, by reproducing this show in France, actually, with different oh, actresses. As nice. they do, you know, take sure, the show yeah. and the scripts. And it was called... Crimes a botanique, so crimes and gardens. <laughs> <laughs> He's also known for a mini series on Hallmark called The Infinite Worlds of H.G. Wells, which I was like, God, the description of this sounds awesome, but I have never heard of it. <laughs> and then he was started out formally as an actor, and then he, he was an English teacher as well, and he turned to playwriting in the 1950s. Now I want to see that. Because apparently it was it one list. of his best works. Brian Eastman, who I said is the producer of this, mm-hmm. also produced the Jeeves and Worcester show. He is famous, at least in my book, for having produced Shadowlands, which is the Anthony Hopkins movie about C.S. Lewis and oh, his white yeah, uh-huh. American wife. He also produced a ton of Poirot, so we can thank him for that masterpiece. Sure. And he also produced a family comedy called Tenth Kingdom, which is a family comedy in which a father and daughter are caught in a parallel universe where the great queens, note, not princesses, the great (laughs) queens, Snow White, Cinderella, and Riding Hood have had their kingdoms fragmented by warring trolls, giants, and goblins. What? I'm sorry. That took a hell of a turn. So there's a father and daughter, alternate dimension, the great queens, Snow White, Cinderella, Cinderella and Red Riding, Red Riding Hood. Their kingdoms have been splintered by trolls. By trolls, giants, and goblins. And somehow the father and daughter help with this. Chew on that once upon a time. Yes, exactly. Yeah, so I mean, it's just some interesting stuff to go watch and find out. And That's fun. Uh, yeah, yeah. There you go. All right. Well, thank you so much for this turn about the garden. It was so wonderful it to so join you. It was so lovely. Yes, now let's go find some French pastries. Let's go measure something. <laughs> Whoa! Whoa! Oh, 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 sorry. I did not mean that. <laughs> I meant maybe a tunnel. Oh, nope. Nope. <laughs> You're so nope. That's nope. it. We're done. I'm cutting this off before it gets anyplace else. Bye! <laughs> Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. And now we want to hear from you. Tell us your guesses, your scores, your insider info, your favorite logic cop catches, and your suggestions for what shows we should watch next. Follow us and join the fun on Twitter at ClueDunnit or on Instagram and Facebook at ClueDunnit Podcast. Rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts to help get the word out. Because watching TV is always Always better better with with friends. friends. That was also where we learned that George Lucas told her that there are no bras in space, which is why she was all loosey-goosey during Star Wars, the first one. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> and, and what, 
the second one she came back and she was like fuck that shit <laughs> i think they probably had more they, i think they probably had more money for a customer in the second one and the customer was like yeah we can give you a we can give you a broth that's fine <laughs> welcome to there are no bras in space our deep dive into the life of carrie fisher and her seminal work as princess leia organa in star wars where we take a long detailed look at every inch of her performance. Today, we are studying three frames from Star Wars or A New Hope. Yes, just three frames, but I think you'll find that once we unpack everything in these three frames, you will see just how important they are to her legacy and in fact, the entire Star Wars universe to come. I am, of course, I'm sorry, yes? Well, I was going to say, you know what we will not find as we unpack? Yes. Bras. 